0: Now back to your tech report. welcome back to your tech report. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, Mitchell, our YouTube channel, youtube.com
1: slash your tech report. And, and 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 of course contact at your I-, I love the your tech report theme. Just keep on saying the, that word, that big your tech report word. People love it. So you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about more about my experience at Comic Con. And and I know we teased this on a previous show about how excited I was, you know, to have gone. And there were some big standout moments for me. You know, I love going to the Funko booth and Sideshow Collectibles. But for me, the really big blast that I was able to have with my son came from a company called Skyrocket. Now, Mark, a lot of our listeners may be familiar with Skyrocket. They make these fantastic drones and robots and really cool gear with some really cool toys and i got an invite to try out their latest product It's something called recoil and it is maybe one of the coolest things i've ever done for anybody that sits in a chair and plays a video game imagine getting out of your chair and playing a live video game kind of merging modern laser tag with augmented reality it's it was one of the coolest experiences i've had in a long time i sudden i had a blast so instead of me just talking about it i'm bringing on senior director at skyrocket craig mitchell craig Thank you for coming on the show, and, and let me ask you this right off the bat. Did people, a lot of people react to Recoil the way that I did? did? you just see people smiling and buzzing about it the entire time you were there? Yeah, well, first
2: off, thanks for having me on. Um, second, yeah, you, you kind of nailed it there when you said that uh, it was the, the most fun you had with your son, because in, in a lot of ways, that's, that's what we're going for. Um, we're going for getting people off the couch and using technology um, for good and getting people to, to exercise and get fresh air and interact with their friends. And I think that's really what we captured at Comic-Con. Um, is seen so many different people from so many different walks of life have a great time playing this product. So we saw a lot of fathers and sons playing together. Uh, you know, We saw a lot of people in their, their mid-20s, up to their mid-30s, even up to their 50s that were running around just, you know, just having a blast playing this product.
0: You know, Craig, for our, for our listeners who are sitting there going, okay, that sounds like a lot of fun, but what on earth are you talking about? Can you describe Recall? I
2: can, yeah. So, um, you know, you kind of nailed it earlier, which is, you know, we're really trying to blend this idea of, uh, of laser tag meets video games. So, you know, you start out with your, uh, your blaster, uh, which has the IR technology similar to laser tag, um, but where we kind of take it to a new level is that you actually connect your smartphone device um, you know, to the side of the phone. And it's a, the first thing I'll say is a very secure latch that connects your phone. A number of people came up to me and they're like, You're gonna, you know, I don't want to put my, my $600 smartphone. It's going to fall off. It's going to break. I'll tell you, we went through, you know, probably 1,000 demos over four days at Comic-Con and not a single phone dropped. So that, that was pretty exciting. But you take your smartphone. And uh, this, you know, this awesome $600 computer that everybody's walking around with uh, and uh, attached to the blaster, which actually connects via Bluetooth. Um, and what's great about connecting your phone is that then we can use the phone's GPS technology uh, to create the gameplay. So how it works is once you've connected your phone, you can have up to 16 players uh, connect to our uh, closed Wi-Fi router. Essentially, it's a, it's a router that you set up in the middle of the battlefield. Um, it creates a, a Wi-Fi, a closed Wi-Fi hub, um, 500 feet all around you. Uh, and you don't need to be connected to the Internet. You don't need to be plugged in anywhere. It's all battery-powered, so you can literally set this thing up in the middle of the desert. Uh, in a backyard, there's actually an indoor mode, so you can, you can set it up pretty much anywhere there where there's a safe spot to set it up. Um, And then once you have the players connected, up to 16 players, you choose from the different multiplayer modes that you want to play. So we have sort of your traditional uh, FPS-based modes, like there's Team Deathmatch, there's a Search and Destroy mode, where one team's trying to defuse a bomb while the other team's trying to stop them. Um, And then we're going to continue rolling out new modes, like King of the Hill, Capture the Flag, things like that. and how how we kind of elevate that is using the phone's GPS technology, all of the gameplay is location-based. And so what I mean by that, let me give you a few examples. Uh, for example, when you get you killed in the game, you actually have to run back to your respawn point, and that's all being tracked using the phone's GPS. Or there might be a special ammo depot that you go to, or... Um, you know, a supply drop that's going to give you something like an airstrike or proximity mines or things like that. So you're always looking at your phone's map and it's tracking and telling you where you need to go on the battlefield to get these particular items. And that really, the, the fun really starts to unlock with some of these other modes, you know, like the search and destroy mode, because you're actually running to an objective point and both teams are kind of rushing there and trying to figure out the best strategy. And again, it's all being driven by this GPS. Um, and then I think the To me, the coolest part, the thing that really elevates this is uh, the audio. So you can actually plug in uh, headphones into your phone, uh, and we've created something that we call 3D positional audio. And what we mean by that is because, again, using GPS, we're able to track where every single player is on the battlefield. So all the audio you're hearing, the gunfire and the sound effects, and all the cool stuff that's happening in your ear, is all happening relative to where you are on the battlefield. So if someone is trying to shoot at you from, you know, the nine o'clock position, thirty feet away, you're hearing that relative to where it is in your in your earbuds. Um, so it creates a really immersive experience throughout. Uh, and then we add on a bunch of other features like we do. You mentioned augmented reality. So we have augmented reality moments. For example, when you go uh, following your GPS, you pick up the airstrike, you activate it. It actually you know, turns on your phone's camera. And similar to, say, like a Pokemon Go, uh, you know, you're going to see sort of a rocket launcher in the real world that you can wow. you know, activate and set off against your, you know, your enemies. Uh, and we have a, a number of different um, examples like that, like the uh, like the search and destroy mode. You're actually deactivating a bomb in the real world that you're seeing through your camera. So, you know, bringing all this stuff together with the blasters, which again I should point out, the blasters have you know real recoil kickback, so it feels really good. They're hefty, they're hefty blasters. They feel very high quality. Get the IR technology. Um, combined with the audio and the GPS of your phone and this router creates just a very immersive experience.
1: You you know, first of all, Craig, I wish you could see the enormous smile with everything that you said, with every feature that you mentioned. Mark's smile just grew slightly larger and larger, (laughs) the man-child in all of us. And again, you said, you know, it appeals to everyone. It really does. And one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, you were mentioning all the technology, all the cool things this does, but the nice part of it is it all comes together seamlessly. You're not too, you're not thinking too much about any one thing because because everything comes together. The visuals, you're not glued to your phone. You can refer to your phone, but you're not glued to it because your eyes are still on the battlefield. You're Also, your ears are tuned in because you can have communications with your teammates. You can see where they are are on the map. And the things that that our listeners need to know is that you're not so distracted or focused on one aspect. Everything just sort of seamlessly comes together. It all feels natural. You guys did a great job of balancing the gameplay, not making it too heavy on the tech or too heavy on one specific part. And I'm guessing that didn't happen accidentally
2: yeah lots of, lots of q a testing i could you know i could I could tell stories of you know four five six months ago where we were running some of this stuff and and trying to find the balance between all these different components but you know i'm really glad that you brought that up because it is it's it's one of those uh, I, I've talked about this product now for for a few months since we announced it, and you know there's always that initial excitement but also like hesitation because you hear all this stuff and it's almost like a little overwhelming when you first hear it and I saw a lot of that at comic con until people played it and and it only takes three minutes to understand it you know you, you start playing in three minutes in, you're like wow i really get this and this is a lot of fun and the audio kind of kicks in and it just it feels like very much its own experience so it, you know and i always hesitate to say oh it's laser tag or oh it's a video game it's you know or it's an ar shooter it's, you know it really has become its own experience and i think Once the product is out there in the market, once people start to play it, they start writing their reviews online, it's going to become a lot more clear what a unique experience this is. And, yeah, that's that's come from from so much hours and hours and weeks and weeks of testing to make sure this thing feels really good.
0: Now, Craig, I assume the starter kit comes with everything anybody needs to really get going, right?
2: Yeah, so the starter kit comes with the the Wi-Fi router, which, you know, you need the Wi-Fi router to set up the match. Uh, and it comes with two of the blasters, our, our RK-45 Spitfires, which are, um, they're like our pistols. Um, so that, it comes with that, and then actually comes with an additional uh, blaster sensor, so you can plug it into the phone and hook that onto your, onto your back uh, for a, an additional damage sensor, essentially. Uh, and that gives you everything you need to get into the game. I mean, we assume everybody has a smartphone. Uh, you just download the free uh, mobile app that works on both. Apple and Android—they're also uh, cross-compatible. So one person has Apple, the other has Android. You can still play against each other. Cool. Um, so yeah, pretty much has everything you need.
1: No, no. I, I just—I didn't want to skip over the hardware because you know Mark was asking about you know the hardware what comes in the kit, and you touched on it as well, Craig. That. The hardware is really, really good. And this becomes important because I think, you know, there are a lot of been, in the past, there have been some companies that have put out some, and I'm using finger quotes, which I hate, the air quote thing, but, you know, laser tag-like games where the, the 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 pistols, or the rifles, they didn't feel very authentic. The recoil weapons felt so authentic. Like you said, the recoil, of course, being in the name, actually built into the weapons made such a huge difference. And I have to give you guys some credit also in terms of the sighting. Because, again, sometimes the sighting is very loose, goosey you shoot in a general area not exactly sure where your shot is going i was able to get off and you can ask any of this from your pr team i was able to get off some incredible shots very dialed in the laser sights the sights on these weapons are really really dialed in
2: they are absolutely yeah i mean it's it's very it's very precise um and, and you know the thing that i've learned and now that i've played you know a hundred matches or, or whatnot you know the more you play and the more you start to unlock those things the better you're gonna get and, you know, it's great to see an experience that the more you play, you know, the, the more of an expert you become. And, and that's why I think it's going to appeal to such a broad audience of people, because it does. It holds up. You know, one of the first things we did when we announced it is, you know, we started showing this to more, you know, tech-focused people and, and outlets and things like that, because we needed to legitimize the product. We didn't want this to be thought of as, oh, it's another one of those sort of inexpensive at-home laser tag systems. It's not. Uh, you know, you can get one of those for you know, 30 bucks, and you're going to get, you know, not the best experience in the world. You know, this is really packing a lot of technology, a lot of high-quality hardware. You know, the mobile app, it's got so many different components. Um, to create such a unique experience. And, and yeah, the more you play, just the, the better you're going to get at it.
0: You know, Craig, I can see the endless fun, and just by looking at the different options and the different, for example, the the, the SR-12 Rogue uh, the blaster you can get, the frag grenade, and different add-ons uh, on the hardware side, let alone what you could possibly do on the software side, The the potential for growth on this is absolutely infinite.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that's a, um, you know, the exciting part about it, you mentioned on the software side, it's all app driven. So we can consistently be making updates to the app. Um, We can be, you know, we're going to be hearing a lot of the feedback from our community. So through our social channels and our website, we're inviting you know people who buy the product to give us feedback because we don't look at this as a as a product that we're launching in 2017 and then we move on to something else you know we see that recoil has a long life to it and that's part of why we're making such a big investment in year one is that we want to build that audience We want to make them part of our community. We want to get their feedback and we want to use that to continue to make a bigger and better experience. You know, and we're already starting to prototype things for 2018, whether that's, you know, new weapon types, new gameplay modes. But the exciting thing about it is that we have those capabilities both on the software and the hardware side to keep building and growing that experience.
0: Yeah. And if there was ever a use case for augmented reality goggles or glasses. I think this would absolutely blow up, and I know you probably don't want to answer that question at this time. (laughs)
2: No, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, that's, I think that's where things are heading, absolutely. You know, I don't think in 2017 the, tech, the AR technology is quite there yet no, to agreed. do a full-on AR shooter, but I think what's exciting about Recoil is that, you know, we're, we're building the hardware, we have all the components, and then as technology continues to advance, there's, there's no reason why we can't start to roll those things in to, to build it as an even better product.
1: Yeah, and and I loved, you know, we talk about expandability and potential, but that also applies to the social element because the idea that you can just take the router and your weapons and your friends, as you said, your friends can actually buy additional weapons, the pistol, the rifle, and they can join your game. So really, all they have to do is get the weapon. Once you guys have the actual, the starter kit, all you need is the extra weapons. And this becomes an incredibly portable, social thing. You can have parties at people's houses, wherever you go. And then the terrain is constantly changing. The opponents are constantly changing. It's a great social experience, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big uh, part of our social, uh, you know, community rollout post-launch is, you know, challenging people to, like, show us where you play recoil, you know, and that's... If, if you look at some of our marketing uh, materials for this product, it, it is playing off of this imagination, right, of, uh, you know, from, you know, you see a couch that's been put out to rest, but, you know, a soldier, a recoil soldier sees it as cover. And I think that, that, that kind of invites the audience to come up with their own battlefields, to come up use their imagination. You know, imagine a, um, a game of capture the flag you know, where you, using GPS, you can set those flags to be anywhere you want. So imagine building these, like, elaborate forts or castles or whatever they might be around your flag. Like, there's, there's the only limitation on that is your imagination, and I can't wait to see, you know, our really hardcore, passionate fans where they choose, you know, to take this product. I, I, I don't think we've even fully comprehended, you know, where that's going to go.
1: You know, you actually naturally segued uh, for me there, Craig, when you talk about hardcore and passion. And this leads me to a very special question. And and again, I know Annie from your PR team, she will understand that she's probably cringing as I'm about to ask this, but it begs the question. Now, when, when I actually played in San Diego, we actually played 4v4. We played four on four. It was great. We kept the games fast and smart and fun. And I was playing with my son on my four-person team and I played against a family of four uh, in, in the particular match that I played. And I, I happened to see that they had a youngster on the team. He couldn't have been more than maybe like, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old. And I said to my team. My strategy was: I'm taking out that kid first. He's small. He's slow. He's going down. Now, is this is this an example of me being a very bad man or a very smart strategist? And don't be afraid to say a little of both.
2: Well, you know, in in, in battle, you got to do what you got to do to win. I, I would say. <laughs> That's so my point. Say, Thank you, Craig. I mean, it's a competition. It's a fun. This is a fun competition about getting people outside, having a good time. Uh, you know, and if, if if it's all about victory, which, hey, look, if you're, if you're playing a match like that, I think it is all about victory.
1: You got you to do what you got to do. So
0: take out the kids. Got it. Okay. Take out the kids.
1: He, listen, in my defense, he only cried for about 30 seconds, but I was told this because he was having so much fun and didn't want to stop. I don't think it was because of me. So please, please know that it wasn't because of me.
2: I think I remember that kid. Yeah, he, he, he might have said a few things about you. I don't know.
1: All right, so uh, Craig, we are talking to Craig Mitchell. He's a senior director at Skyrocket. Craig, uh, talk about price point and availability. We are getting very close to release. Yes, we
2: are. Just we are on the eve of release. Yeah, so we're 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 going out on August fifteenth. We have essentially four uh, packages you can purchase from. So, again, like I mentioned, you need that starter set. That's, that's the entry level because you get the router, and the router is what sets up the game. So you can get that starter set with the router and the two RK45 Spitfires, which are our pistols, and that combined uh, retails for $129. Um, then you can buy additional RK45 Spitfires for $49.99. And then we have our SR-12 Rogue, which you referenced before, which is more of our rifle. It's got a heavy rate of fire, gives you more ammo, more damage capacity, slightly longer range as well, Um, and you can get that for $79.99. And then we do have our Frag Grenade, and I can talk a little (laughs) bit about that. You know, it's it's a pretty cool thing. It's an actual physical (laughs) grenade. Um, You know, it's it's, it's soft, it's got a rubber base, so, you know, we don't recommend throwing it as hard as you can at someone's head, but you can lob it out there onto the battlefield. Uh, and how it works is it actually has a 10-second countdown timer, so you push the button and the countdown begins. <laughs> so you decide when you want to let go of that grenade. Uh, and then what it does is after 10 seconds, it emits a, 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 an IR blast, essentially. Uh, it has about a 10-foot range to that blast. So if you see you know, three opponents all clumped together in one space, you know, a great strategy is to roll that right underneath their feet. You know, get the right timing. That thing goes off. You can take all three of them out at the same time. So, you know, we have a lot of uh, a lot of options. Um, but again, starting with that starter set is what it's all about. And then you download the app. It's a free app. Um, I should also point out that uh, if you download the app, uh, you can actually have additional players join the game just using their mobile device. Oh, um, cool. So you still need the starter set, you still need the router, but say you have four people and two people want to play that don't have the blasters, they can join in in more of a support role. Uh, so they can call in airstrikes, they can be a medic, they can go pick up ammo. So they're really playing that support role for that player with the blaster. Gives you a little bit of a taste of the product um you know before you go and decide to to purchase it
1: uh, th- this is brilliant and and we know we talked about the expandability the potential both on the hardware and the software side to continue to grow and i have a feeling We're going to be hearing a lot more from you guys about Recoil, more products, more software down the line. So, Craig, you have to promise, number one, that you won't judge me for taking out that kid first, and number two, (laughs) that you will come back on the show and talk to us down the line after release when you guys have when you have software updates, more hardware coming out. We would love to have you back because I have a feeling Recoil is something we're going to be talking about for a good long time.
0: I can't wait. I look forward to it. We can't wait to get hands-on as well, and we will bring that to you, we promise. Thanks for joining us this week. Awesome show as usual. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflala. We'll be back here again next week.
3: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash Report For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Welcome back to your tech report.
0: For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. I am Mark Lallop on online on Twitter. It is at yourtechreport. Facebook.com, slash Your Tech Report, Of course, our website and YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Your Tech report. Well, a couple months ago, we reached out to our, our good friends over at ASUS trying to talk about some of the new products that were announced at Computex. But g- given that it's been a couple months, we figured it's it's time to catch up. And uh, on the line with us right now is uh, Randall Greeley, Director of Media Relations at ASUS. Asus North America. Randall, welcome to your tech report. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, we're we're excited to have you. It's nice to catch up with different companies, especially throughout the year, because everybody has their ups and downs, right? Everybody's you know announcing new products, so there's a there's a heat of announcement, and it's hard to get hold of people. But it's nice to kind of catch up down the road a bit when things are settling and product uh, products you know have been announced or, or coming out. For example, a couple days ago, the Zenfone AR. So uh, just out of, out of curiosity, you know, were you at Copytext this year? We were yes. It was a
4: very exciting time. We talked about a lot of different things, and uh, a lot of them are coming to market, like you said.
0: I know what excites you the most because you're. I mean, I know it's hard. It's like it's like asking someone who's your favorite child. But with with a company sure. such as ASUS, what excites you the most? Because you get a lot of hands-on time with a lot of this new product.
4: Sure. I mean, I think probably the two most exciting things that we talked about at Computex were probably our brand new gaming laptop, our ASUS ROG, uh, which stands for Republic of Gamers Zephyrus. And then also our new phone uh, that was just launched a few days ago on August 3rd, the Zenfone AR.
0: Well, okay, so let's dive into the Zenfone AR for a second. because This is, this is the first phone that we've seen with uh, the Project Tango kind of a model there, and the, it's a Daydream-enabled phone. So it gives an incredible both AR and virtual reality experience on a mobile device. So you've had some hands-on time. How is the experience?
4: Um, it's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, not to toot on own horn, but I mean— You're loud, yeah, you're it's- loud. It's okay. Yeah, no, it is the world's first um, 5.7-inch smartphone with uh, VR and AR, supported by Google's Project Tango, which is their AR software, and the Daydream, um, their VR software. So, um, you know, AR is still very much a new technology, but it's amazing to get something that can, uh, you know, take kind of a visual map of the space around you and then report back and have you interact with it. Um, I think some of the most exciting things that we've seen is um, we had uh, recently an experiential event where um, consumers could come in and take part with the Wayfair app, and you could come into an empty room, and the the phone would measure the room for you, and you could pick out furniture, actual um, real furniture that you could purchase directly through Wayfair.com, and uh, place that furniture and see exactly what your room would look like, for example, with that piece of furniture in it.
0: You know what? I've actually used... Um, the, the Wayfarer's see it in the room option. But this, is, this takes things to a whole new level because, as you said, we're actually getting real-time measurements. So you're not, you know, when I used the app before, obviously, this phone existed, you kind of had to zoom things in, make a couch look big, and hope it kind of accurately represented the room. But now with Project Tango and with this kind of technology, I guess we're seeing real-time dimensions, right?
4: Correct, yeah. The Tango, what Tango does great is it, 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 takes, it does motion tracking, so it can sense movement. It does area learning, so it figures out the space around you. Um, In the future, it'll be able to identify objects as as it becomes more complex. And then it also does depth perception, and that's really what the, the Wayfair app is built upon, is this depth perception where it understands the physical space around you in terms of measurements and physical capabilities.
0: You know, and this actually, it really, it does blow, it does blow the mind if you if you haven't experienced it yet, because we were shopping around just for, you know, a couple of end chairs in a living room, and my wife wanted to kind of visualize it in the room, and I was able to, you know, before the technology like this existed, I was able to kind of hack away, cut and paste, and make things look, but this is really going to take that whole shopping experience to a, to a completely new level, being able to visualize things like that.
4: Definitely, and you're going to see this, is just one example, you're going to see this across many uh, retailers and, and other uh, online providers.
0: You know what? What does something? What is introducing features like this in a, in a new device mean to a company like ASUS? Because before today, you know VR, for example, you know high end VR was really limited to high end PCs like the ROG PCs. Um, but now we're seeing this technology kind of trickle down to phones. Is it because the processing power and and just the whole computing power is that is getting that much better?
4: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, something that we'll see also, one of our, our phones that we came out with earlier this year, also our Phone 3 Zoom, which we purposely yeah. built for camera, has one of the largest batteries. And that's only made possible between a, a combination of smart processors and efficient, um, efficient engineering. So uh, the Zenfone AR, for example, is one of the fastest processors within a, a phone. It's from um, Qualcomm Snapdragon. And, uh, again, yeah, getting down and being able to make this component small are only achieved through smarter engineering, better processing, and better yeah. battery power.
0: You know, Randall, I can't wait for these features to kind of just be just a natural inclusion in future phones, which I think we're going to get down there as well. You mentioned the Zen Phone 3 Zoom. Um, this, was a, this is a phone designed, uh, obviously, around the camera. What is, has what is the reaction been to this phone?
4: You know, it's been really strong. Uh, it's, it's arguably the best camera phone on the market. I think one of the strongest reactions we've got, I mean, you can quibble on some points on cameras. Um, I think a lot of it is based on preference. But yeah. um, one of the main things, too, it uh, really comes down to it for camera is the amount of uh, battery that the camera does pull, especially the flash. So we did give it um, a 5,000 milliamp battery, which lasts uh, about lab tested. It lasted 42 days on standby. And I use it every day as my regular work phone now, and I can pound away in it, and I can probably take about uh, last about three days, which again, three days full charge, you just don't really get anywhere else.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So let's kind of you know change change the scenes for a second, and let's talk about computers, and let's talk about ROG because we have a we have a fairly large gaming following here on your Tech Report, and um, you guys with the, with the Zephyrus have taken I'm pronouncing it right the Zephyrus, right? Zephyrus, yeah. Perfect, that's correct. Um, you guys are taking gaming laptops to a very very different level. I'm, we're talking about one of the thinnest gaming laptops available, right?
4: Right, correct. So ROG, Republic of Gamers, is our sub-brand, and we've been around for a long time. A lot of people aren't as familiar with it, but it was a brand that started in 2006, and we're one of the top gaming brands in the world. Um, and with the Zephyrus, this really comes from a culmination of a lot of our experience gaining that background. We sponsor esports teams, for example, so we work very closely with them and get a lot of input from highly competitive players on how to improve um, our, our gaming laptops. And this one really delivers an unparalleled gaming experience. The benchmarks are way off the charts. It's a, the newest NVIDIA graphics card, GPU, and a full HDG sync display. And then we're also running a 7th generation Intel Core i7 Kaby Lake processor. So the combination of the CPU and GPU packed into that tiny, tiny um, form factor yeah. allows it to be one of the lightest, thinnest um, gaming laptops on the market.
0: That must have been a challenge on the engineering side to keep all that stuff cool.
4: Definitely. I mean, they made some really interesting um, design choices along with that. Um, I think one of the first things that people notice is when you open it, the entire laptop actually lifts up from the bottom as it expands, which is kind of hard to explain, but what what it allows it to do is open up an extra um, airfoil underneath the laptop to allow it to cool, which is one of the reasons that we can make those benchmarks and keep those performance numbers so high, because it doesn't overheat with all that processing and GPU power.
0: Plus, it also focuses a lot on ergonomics there, because you're, you're leaning the keyboard up a little bit, which makes it more comfortable. So when you're spending a lot of time gaming, and, and by the way, our listeners are, are big fans of ROG. I mean, we're talking about, they know about the keyboards, the mice. We get emails all the time asking us to talk more oh, about the gaming lab. Yeah,
4: I'd love lap- to hear that. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, there's, 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 there's lots, of, lots of people who write, write us a lot to talk about different laptops and stuff like that. So you know we talked about the uh, obviously the engineering side of things so so does that mean the, and this is more of an opinion thing you know do you think that laptops the gaming laptops of course gamers tend to be a little bit more forgiving about things like size as long as they get the power and stuff they need but we're entering a whole new generation of laptops where people are going to start demanding you know way more enhanced experiences do you think we're going to be able to keep that form factor small
4: i do uh, i mean it it you know, if you follow if how things are going on the phones, again, uh, I do think that it will be accomplished. The, one, uh, the, the main challenge I think that people face is um, where you make the compromises. Um, again, for, for gaming, for example, screens are always going to be of huge importance. So I think that's one kind of tie-in where, it, again, it comes down to opinion. Yeah. Um, but as far as form factor in a laptop, yes, I think we'll continue to see it remain uh, at this smaller level.
0: And a lot, a lot of, you know, I'm curious in terms of uh, the, the company itself at Asus, how much does the ROG side kind of talk to the regular, the regular laptop designers? Because one, one product that you guys announced at Computex this year was the ZenBook Pro, the UX550, which has a beautiful 4K touchscreen. It has that incredible narrow bezel that people are loving, and I think that's more of obviously on the business side. But do the two sides, you know, work together closely to try and, and merge technology, or is it something that's really separate?
4: You know, they definitely do. I mean, in some ways, too, you can think of, you know, when people think of high-end gaming laptops, for example, it's not just, you know, you couldn't, you don't need to necessarily just use it for gaming. 100%. Um, you know, it's one of the most powerful processors that you could get out there and um, GPUs regardless. So that, that information is shared, but, you know, I mean, the ROG Zephyrus, for example, could easily be used by, like, a graphic designer or video editing because you need, again, those super-fast refresh rates and a very fast processor. So, yeah, that knowledge is definitely shared throughout. But, I mean, in, in general, we kind of take a purpose-built function for a lot of our products. So um, if you try to be the best at everything, you're going to fail at everything, yeah. it's a common saying. So we try to really pick what we think um, consumers will want based on that purpose-built form. Zenfone 3 Zoom, for example, was purpose-built to be the best camera phone. The um, Zephyrus were building to be the best gaming laptop. So while that knowledge is shared, between teams, you'll see a lot of that, that functionality reduced down to a specific function in most areas so that, again, we can really be... Um, just what you're looking for for that whatever particular um, result you're trying to achieve.
0: What, what's on top of mind of, of business users these days in terms of uh, the ZenBook line of laptops? Or, or, you know is the is the ZenBook Pro still you know t- ahead of the heap kind of so to speak?
4: Definitely. I mean, I think you're going to see some common themes throughout. I mean, um, thin, light, portable are pretty much be <laughs> throughout all electronics. So you're going to see that definitely there. Um, Connectivity is really big with um, with business users, users obviously. Um, you know, it's, everyone kind of has a different use case, so they're going to totally uh, have different um, portables they're going to carry with them and need to plug in. Um, they're going to have different, like I said, connectivity based on, um, you know, Thunderbolt or USB Type-C. So, um, again, because there's so much technology that goes into um, business users and you can't really predict, I'd say that overall um, connectivity is a common theme besides the thin, light, powerful um, trend is one that we, you'll, you'll see continue on.
0: Well, you know what? I, you know, we have uh, a bunch of products, obviously, that we kind of go, go back and forth with you guys, and, and we uh, do our hands-on reviews and do a lot of videos, so I can't wait to get, obviously, hands-on with some of the some newer products that are obviously coming to market. Uh, in terms of uh, product cycles and stuff like that, are we kind of midway through the product cycle now? As products come out and nothing new and exciting coming down the road in the next couple months?
4: Definitely. I mean, you'll see, you'll see again, uh, on holiday and back to school, so um, look then for refresh of some of our uh, product lines, and, and Uh, Definitely laptops will be top of mind for that especially
0: as we head into back to school. Very cool. Randall Grilly, Director of Media Relations at ASUS North America. I hope you'll come back and please share some uh, some future news. And uh, I'm going to have to poke around and try to get that uh, Zenfone AR in my hands because i, I got to see some of that technology in, in, in use.
4: Definitely. And I'm glad to come back anytime.
0: Of course, you can head on over to asus.com, A-S-U-S.com, to check out all these very cool products. And we will, of course, go hands-on with a lot of cool things. I've got the Zenfone 3 Zoom in my hands already. So we're going to bring that to our wonderful YouTube channel, youtube.com/ your Tech Report very soon, but of course also that, that Zenfone AR. Wow, that's going to be really a, a game changer. It is Your Tech Report. Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Please stick around. We'll be back with a little bit more.
3: There's more Your Tech Report after this. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to your tech report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of your tech report.
0: And you can follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Or how about Facebook? Facebook.com slash your tech report. How about YouTube? YouTube.com
1: slash your tech report. Welcome to it. I am Mark? How about that, Mark. <laughs> As always joined by Mitchell Whitfield. I am here. I am here. Mark, I I, I like hearing you give all of the information. And again, we can't stress that YouTube thing enough because we're doing some fun things that we're enjoying that we think our audience will enjoy. But Mark, those giveaways, people got to get in on these things. We're giving away some great stuff.
0: We gave away an Apple Watch Series 2 last week. Uh, DJI Spark Drone. We've got some really cool things lined up for you guys in the coming weeks, so... uh, Stick around, and uh, obviously stay tuned to that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. A great show lined up for you today. We're going to talk to Asus of North America. They announced some very cool products. They're kind of mid-range in their product cycle right now. Some very cool laptops. Asus' Asus's, uh, Zenfone VR is the first daydream-enabled VR tango phone. I mean, I, I could throw all, all these cool. names at you. It's very, very yeah. cool. We're going to talk to them all about that. Plus, Recoil, a company that you fell in love with, um, literally, um, at, was it E3?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh. I mean, this is uh, people are going to go nuts. I mean, come on, if somebody told you you could take laser tag, incorporate with augment, incorporate augmented reality with your cell phone attached to these great weapons that they give you that have actual tactile feedback when you actually fire. I mean, it is it is a dream. It is an absolute dream.
0: Lots of stuff coming up. Obviously, those two interviews, plus we're going to take a quick break and come back with the news of the week. Lots of stuff to talk about. We're gearing up for that fall season. It's back to school. Got some very cool stuff from Best Buy coming up in the next couple weeks. Lots of fun stuff. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flallow. We'll be back in just a moment with this week's news.
3: There's more your tech report after this.
0: Now back to your tech report. Welcome back. Marco Flallo in Montreal. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash your tech report. Lots of very cool things on our YouTube channel. Again, subscribe. And you will be notified instantly with new videos and, of course, our giveaways. Some oh. very cool giveaways coming up. Some very cool shows lined up, Mitchell, in the coming weeks right here on Your Tech Report. How are you doing today? You're doing good, right?
1: You know, I'm actually I'm doing very well. I'm relaxed. I'm a, and Listen, this time of year, it gets very hard for me to relax for many reasons, but... Well, I mean, we've heard so many rumors. I mean, I'm going to take it off topic, I'm sure. Uh, we've heard so many rumors about the you know iPhone 8 and Apple's, you know, leaked code or the code that got out from, of course, the, the HomePod speaker that showed a lot of features that were allegedly going to be in the next iPhone, or the iPhone 8 more specifically. There's so many rumors. We pretty much know what the phone's going to look like, at least we think we do. I just want to know. How close are we? You said you thought maybe we were a couple of weeks away, a few weeks away well, t- from I mean- an actual event that will show us. I mean, what do you think?
0: Well, we're typically, like, I mean, if I look here, so... Apple iPhone event 2017, 2016. I, see, I
1: like this. I like that you're looking at this as we're doing this. Well, it's I want to cool. see
0: when it was. It was a keynote, yeah. was September 7th. I mean, the first, we're talking right after Labor Day. So, right. I mean, we're three weeks away probably from them revealing the iPhone. And then it was available at the end of September. September, I think, 28th was the Correct. first date. I mean, it, it kind of coincides with some other projects that I do. I normally, I'm normally in Toronto when the phone's out. I remember that time that I was uh, when the when I was debating between the larger one and the, the... We're talking about phones here. Between the larger phone and the smaller <laughs> phone, and back and forth and back and forth. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to be unveiled because as all these rumors get closer, you know, we seem to know a lot more about this device.
1: Well, I- I'm excited too because you know what, Mark? It'll take away the very debate that you just talked about. If everything we're hearing about the iPhone 8 is true, it's going to be not much larger than the current iPhone 7, not the 7 Plus, yeah. a little larger than the 7 with a screen larger than the 7 Plus. So, really, it's the best of both worlds. And now, Mark, my thumb we're will hearing be able to travel pl-
0: finally. What'd you say? And my thumb will be able to travel across the screen finally. Exactly, yeah. without
1: having to like do the double tap and have exactly. it drop down. And the other thing we're hearing now is all the stuff about the possibility of a new Apple Watch coming out this year, a new version of the Apple Watch that will actually have a chip built in to make it truly autonomous and a standalone device. Something we've been saying for a while. First step was adding GPS, and now to actually have an LTE chip in there that will make it an actual connected device without your phone. If that happens this year, they're going to well, there are going to be a lot of happy people, but a lot of unhappy people that. just jumped in to the Apple Watch Series 2.
0: Let's talk about some software things that relate to Apple, because one of the things they announced at WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, was that Apple's HomeKit platform, which is obviously their smart home platform, instead of requiring a physical piece of hardware that you need to put in your device, which adds cost and adds you know, certification, they're opening up HomeKit to software, meaning you can add HomeKit to software to any product. So this is like you know when companies like Belkin were hesitating to get on board with HomeKit. You know now they can just add it on the software side. And the first product of such we're seeing is IKEA. IKEA has a whole line of smart light bulbs. I didn't actually know this. Okay, they have a smart light bulb line called the Tread Free. I guess trad free. Okay. A um, small smart bulb line, and with a firmware update, they're adding HomeKit compatibility. So you'll be able to use Siri to turn the lights on and off. And these bulbs, individual bulbs, sell for like eleven ninety nine. So this is one of the cheapest ways to get in to the HomeKit platform.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm just grateful they didn't call the new bulbs the Huldefloshinushimerti, <laughs> and which is very hard to pronounce. And, the tr- and, and Siri would so? have a hell of a time.
0: <laughs> Please turn <laughs> on my television. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So, you know, it comes with a free dish of Swedish meatballs, as does all IKEA stores. Uh, You know... it's just sort of interesting to me that we're we're seeing this now, uh, and Apple is really very smart with what you're talking about because it really fits Steve Jobs Steve Jobs' original vision of the iPhone, which is not to put embedded buttons or embedded hardware yeah. on the phone that will that will need to be changed as new things as new software comes out. Same thing with with HomeKit products. I mean, if people release a product and they want to have you know HomeKit compatibility, they don't have to release a new product; they can just update it with software. So finally, that's here.
0: So my my first like three stories this week are all about. About Apple stuff, so let's go into Chamberlain. So Chamberlain makes garage doors. They make garage door openers. Uh, I remember when I, I got moved into my first in this new house that I'm in now. They had like garage door openers from 1970s. So I replaced them with Chamberlain's MyQ garage door openers, which allowed you to control them with an app. And that app has always been you want to you want to control that with Siri. You want to have home compatibility. And for for Years, Mitchell. I've been scrounging the forums, and people have been saying HomeKit, HomeKit, HomeKit. Well, now they finally announced their Home Bridge. It's a forty-nine dollar accessory you can get from Chamberlain.com, where you can instantly add HomeKit compatibility to your garage doors. So you'll be able to set things like you can when the door opens, the light turns on. You can set a lot of automations when you get closer to the house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very cool, and makes it a lot easier for you to travel without you know extra things with you.
1: See now I'm a little envious because I too have a Chamberlain garage door, but it's part of the LiftMaster line. But I, you know, still my works. LiftMaster
0: still works. What? You can it works with
1: LiftMaster as well. But mine is not a connected. Mine is not one of the connected models, so you don't have to worry it, about
0: that because the new uh, MyQ Homebridge will turn that into a connected device.
1: Are you kidding me? So we're basically doing the sales pitch right now as if I was was pretending,
0: right? I've been after this company for honestly about a year now saying, I want to interview you guys. I want to talk about your products because I'm a fan of your products. And this is
1: exactly why I want to talk to them. I promise we're going to get them on a show. We'll talk. More. You know what? I should have set you up better. said, "But Mark, I don't think I can connect mine because <laughs> mine is an older model." Well, you will Mitchell, be able to. You
0: can have that compatibility. <laughs> no, for <laughs> the awesome. cheap, low price of forty nine ninety nine. Um, That's uh, awesome. You know, speaking of uh, you know, Apple and software and stuff like that, AirPlay two is set to launch this. Fall With the new iOS 11 up, the AirPlay 2 is going to deliver very cool support for speakers on HomeKit. This allows you to pair different speakers that are within your home with the HomeKit platform, giving you Siri support and multi-room Sonos-style speaker sharing, not only with the HomePod, but with other manufacturers as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to work.
1: I'm looking for it. I always like when new versions of software come out, and <clears throat> I mean, listen, I, I've been using AirPlay for a long time, and I'm sure, Mark, you went through the growing pains along with me, where you know you try and throw something from your iPhone or iPad to your TV through your Apple TV. It didn't always work the way it was supposed to. It's gotten better over the years as they fine-tuned and updated the software, of course, but uh, I'm very anxious just on the software side, for compa- like you said, for compatibility, but also for connectivity, for strength of connection, all those things. So I'm excited from that, just from basically wanting to throw my stuff from my devices to my Apple TV, so I'm grateful that a new version of AirPlay is coming up very soon.
0: So, uh, some Netflix news. Netflix actually uh, is increasing their prices in Canada, about a dollar for the main package, and if you have the Ultra HD package, it's going to be $2 extra per month, which I don't think is a necessarily a big deal. I mean, it's a dollar, it's, it's $2, it is significant if you That's look at it. That's up, though. Yeah, it, it, it does add up, depending how many devices, et cetera, et cetera. But what's more interesting about Netflix is that their service offering is going to lose something pretty big in the coming year, and that is Disney content.
1: Yeah, I I heard about this. Disney is actually pulling all of their content from Netflix. Not so much as you know a, a one fingered salute, as we like to say, but basically they are launching, from what we hear, their own streaming service. And in order to make that an attractive offering, they don't want their product available anywhere else. So if people want to get Disney stuff, they're going to have to go to the proprietary streaming service. Mark, what do you think? Obviously, it's it's a good move for Disney. We get that, but from the consumer point of view, it's frustrating enough when some of your favorite shows, your favorite series, movies get pulled off of Netflix. Netflix because we know they like to rotate content. They when they put fresh content on, they pull older content off. So we're used to that happening with Netflix. But now, as a consumer, let's put on our consumer hat for a minute and you know, take our, you know, tech expertise out of it. How do you feel as a consumer knowing that that's going to happen? They're going to be pulling some of this content and then we're going to have to wait and pay for more more services from Disney.
0: As as a parent, it kind of pisses me off because my kids obviously love the Disney movies and to see that go away is is kind of annoying. I'm curious to see how this affects the cross-border thing because sometimes these things are only U.S. or not necessarily global. So will Disney's service be available to us in Canada versus you guys in the U.S.? Will it affect the Netflix deals in Canada versus the U.S.? Because they are separate deals. What I'm really curious about, if you think about this, okay— Disney movies are not just Bambi and Little Mermaid. We're talking about the Star Wars franchise. We're talking about Marvel, the TV shows that are Netflix exclusive. How does this affect those? Are those going to go away? Because things like The Defenders are a couple weeks away. All the Marvel, you you know, all those shows, are
1: they going to go to Disney? Disney? Uh, I, I don't think they will because I think there's a, di- there's a difference between first-party and third-party acquisitions you know in, in almost every business. And uh, entertainment is no different. I think because the Marvel shows that are currently in existence – and, of course, we're talking about Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and, of course, the new Defenders coming out, which actually combines all four of those franchises into yeah. one new show that I believe launches next week um, – the shows that were produced by netflix specifically for netflix i believe will have to stay just because netflix put up the money for them so it's going to be it's going to be kind of tricky i think it's going to be there the disney other disney products that weren't produced by netflix that are going to that are going to be going away because if they do try and pull those existing netflix shows that that netflix paid to produce yeah. that would be an interesting problem
0: yeah that that's going to be kind of annoying i'm, I'm really curious about those originals because I mean, they own the content at the end of the day, so who knows? Uh, Facebook yeah. announced a new video platform for Facebook exclusive. TV shows called Facebook Watch. Have you heard about this one? This is an uh, interesting I, one. So they're,
1: I, you know, I've use use Facebook, so tell me, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, like everybody else, they're going to try to produce their own original content. I mean, we saw Apple launch the Carpool Karaoke uh, TV show just a couple days ago. So I'm curious to see what other kind of content Facebook is going to launch. I guess, you know, these people realize they have the platform and they have the audience. So they're trying to keep their own services as sticky as possible to keep that piece
1: of the pie there. Yeah, and don't you think, Mark, that, I mean, this is what they're doing in, instead of being closer to what uh, other streaming or, you know, media streaming services or, you know, it, it's closer to a social network grab. So for me, it's closer to what YouTube did with YouTube Red, where you have a social media platform where people are used to sharing free content that is now going to be, sh- you know, is now going to be producing other content. So, I, I mean, that to me is the closer business model. And I, I would love to know what the numbers have been like for YouTube Red, because I'm sure that's what Facebook is. Actually looking at right now because that's the closer metric for them. I don't know how people reacted to YouTube Red when they started doing original stuff, <clears throat> paid stuff, and I, I'd love to see that. And I'm sure I'm sure Facebook did the math. It's you know Mark Mark Zuckerberg is not a stupid guy and not a, not a dumb company, so I'm sure they've done their homework. But I don't know how ready people are you know for paid content and specific you know proprietary content from free providers that they're used to. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Hey, it's been free for a long time now. Click here to pay to watch our, our videos. Up. Um, yeah. Uh, Further to our our Netflix story, there is another story that came out that Netflix is trying to keep the Marvel and Star Wars movies on the service after the distribution deal ends in 2019. So there's a lot of conversation going on there. I'm curious, and I hate to jump back, but I'm curious to know how much of this Disney talking about launching their own service and taking it away from Netflix might just be hype. You know, I'm curious to see if if really all of that stuff's going to go away or maybe it's a way to try and help both platforms and both services at
1: the same time. At the end, listen, at the, that's a good point, Mark, because at the end of the day, Disney wants their movies seen. They want people to have access to their product. At the end of the day, it's all about people seeing their movies in some fashion. If, they're, if their movies are on Netflix, believe me, Disney gets a huge cut for Netflix having the right to show those Disney movies. Disney does get a piece of that. Obviously, they get a much bigger piece of it if they're streaming it on their proprietary service. They don't have to worry about, you know you know, it's their own service. They're not going to be paying out. So, it's going to be interesting how this plays out. But at the end of the day, Disney needs eyeballs on their movies no matter where it comes from yes they're going to get a better piece from their own but they want people to watch their movies so i think they're going to have to be flexible in some way and i think they're not going to want to tick off the consumer base that will feel cheated and now having to pay more money to get access to product that they currently get for what they're paying for now that's going to be the real key
0: let's talk about video games for a second, because. Because you love me. Uh, because I do love you and because yeah. there is a new trend of streaming video games. And there is a story that has talked about uh, about Samsung TVs, Samsung Smart TVs, getting a service called Streamlink that puts PC games on your actual television. So you'll be able to stream games to your television. I'm curious to know what your experience has been with any kind of game streaming because I know you've had some of those so those streaming boxes. Can they live up to the hype and the expectations that we're used to with console gaming?
1: Uh, they they definitely can. I mean, I, I've had good experience streaming through multiple devices. I've done you know streaming my PlayStation stuff. I've also streamed from my Xbox directly to my PC. And I I think what first of all the the main advantage of streaming is you don't necessarily have to be on a high powered. Um, computer, number one, if you want to stream your console content to your computer. You can actually have a great experience on your computer just simply by streaming from your console. Uh, some of the other streaming services, some of the other devices that we've played, whether it's the stuff made by NVIDIA, the Shield line, uh, the games that they have been streaming also have not have been triple A huge titles. They've been more Android-based titles, so uh, the, the requirements have been much less. I think it really comes down, like we've talked about before, Mark, it's going to come down to bandwidth. Your experience is going is going to vary wildly depending on your home bandwidth and a lot of it is going to go back to your isp and what tier of service you're paying for because when it comes to streaming it's less it less becomes about the power of your device and your ability to get whatever signal you have safely and cleanly to your computer so uh, i think it's going to have an isp you know trickle down as well as a computer trickle down
0: have you used twitch do you use twitch for game streaming because i know a lot of people that use it
1: Uh, I have, I've used it briefly. Um, I've used it actually through my Xbox one haven't had an issue but get, then again again mark it's a marriage of hardware and internet bandwidth yeah. so i'm lucky enough to have a pretty decent connection here so i haven't had any issues i'm going to start talking to some people actually that have you know have their service dialed down to maybe 10 20 30 megabit service and see how they're affected by it because those are the people that're going to have more of a challenge as they try and stream better content through a through a more narrow bandwidth
0: but what, one of the challenges has always been especially with a platform like twitch is that it's always been specific to a pc platform but now right. they've actually launched their first desktop app for Mac just as recently as this week, so people on a Mac will be able to stream those games. I think as the hardware, as you said, gets more and more capable, uh, and as, as our broadband gets more and more capable, things like you know availability on a Mac, maybe on an iOS device in the future could be something that we're looking forward to.
1: I mean, who wouldn't love that? Who wouldn't love, you know, playing their favorite PC game on their iPad if they're actually able to? I don't think I'd want to use virtual sticks. I think I'd want an actual controller, Bluetooth controller connected to my iPad. But still, the possibilities are great. Being able to have your things on the Listen, the Nintendo Switch has proven that, you know, people love to have stuff with them.
0: It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We've got a great show continuing today. Obviously, we're going to talk to ASUS North America, talking about all about their product lineup, um, the mid-product cycle, and, and obviously things to come. We are also going to talk to Recoil. This is a very cool game. Laser tag beats augmented reality. You're going to really enjoy this one. Plus, on some upcoming shows, Mitchell, a connected coffee machine that actually roasts and grinds and gets your coffee ready for you automatically with 3G built in can you think that is that even in the realm of possibility in your head
1: you know what? It's just, to me, the fact that they're doing this opens up the door to just connected everything in your kitchen because why shouldn't everything be that easy in the kitchen? I First of all, you know I'm a sucker for kitchen tech, right? I love kitchen tech. So it's huge.
0: Plus a very, very cool Bluetooth speaker called Soundcast, the bg 7 We're going to talk to them next week, but still to come, obviously, on this show, Asus and recoy And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash your tech report for all our very cool giveaways. Plus, we uh, posted some very, very cool reviews this week. Uh, the first-hand look at the new Volkswagen Tiguan or Tiguan, depending on how you want to look at it uh, check out the youtube.com slash yourtechreport plus uh, the Lacey rugged hard drive we spoke to LaCie, who are owned by Seagate about uh, two, three months ago I think right after CES, several months ago and anyway, yeah, check, out, uh, check all that out at youtube.com slash yourtechreport and again, follow us on Twitter, it is at yourtechreport facebook.com slash yourtechreport we're back in just a couple of moments we're going to talk to our very good friends over at Recoil and Asus North America
3: There's more Your Tech Report after this.
0: Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Marco Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along with us, please, on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, Mitchell, our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash your tech report. And you know what? If there was ever a product that I was really excited to showcase to our listeners on YouTube, it's probably the next one we're going to talk about.
1: Oh, I I was jazzed, Mark, when you filled me in on this, because obviously, you know, doing a radio show and both of us kind of growing up and coming up in radio, sound is a big deal to us, and speakers... Uh, have always been a huge thing with us. When you told me about this product, I think people are going to change the way they feel about what a Bluetooth speaker is and what a Bluetooth speaker can be. Is that a fair way of sort of getting a try? I, I
0: think that's very, very safe. And rather than us kind of just uh, talking about it, we're going to talk to uh, Charity Hardwick, who's the VP of sales and marketing of a company called Soundcast. Charity, welcome to your tech report.
6: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to
0: be here. We're, we're excited to have you on. And before we even dive into the product and the company, it's funny when we get these kind of briefs from different PR companies, they always give us details like charity. You know, you're one of only 5% of the people, uh, women in the world creating audio. And it's, it's obviously there's a storied background for you in particular. So we're excited to have you on the show this week and we're excited to talk about Soundcast. I'm probably probably as excited as you are to be working there, I'm guessing.
6: You know, I, it's, it's a dream job for me, really, when you think about it. I get to work with a company that's doing amazing things in technology today. I love audio. I'm a passionate musician. Everyone I work with is a passionate musician. So we're all on the same page, and it's just a little band of brothers kind of forging our way forward into uh, what's technology next. So it's great. Char-
1: you know, Charity, when I was doing the intro, I really I really do believe that, that the the VG7 is going to change the way people perceive what a Bluetooth speaker can be, because in the past, we've seen portable Bluetooth, we've seen ruggedized and waterproof, but I don't think we've ever seen anything like this that's really been designed with the audio file in mind. So let's talk about the VG7 and how you guys did things so differently with this speaker.
6: Well, the VG7 is actually a bit inherited from our legacy. We've been around for 10 years and been dealing with waterproof audio in the outdoor space. Um, and so really the VG7 represents an improvement upon an original idea, which is how do we get speakers to be portable and battery-powered and have long life and, and sound really great? And how can we do that so that people can continue to live their lives or suit their audio to a modular or transient sort of uh, audio space or audio need? And we took that with this generation of V G seven. We've been hard at work on this for a couple of years now. It's launched into the market. It's doing well. We're excited about it. That V G seven has gone to the next level. We are looking at Bluetooth. You know, <clears throat> Bluetooth is really one of those technologies when someone's designing a gorgeous speaker, they're not they're not sitting around figuring out how to make Bluetooth speakers gorgeous. Bluetooth <laughs> has been kind of an afterthought, right? <laughs>
1: Exactly, yeah, exactly. We, we
6: really, yeah. What's your own personal experience with Bluetooth?
1: What's the largest Bluetooth
0: speaker you own? The largest? Oh, it's probably got to be one of those Fugus that Mitchell sent me last year. I have this kind of big one that kind of sits near the pool. Mitchell, you?
1: Uh, maybe about like a six or seven pound speaker. That's my big daddy that I take to, if I'm going to be outside, I take it to the pool. Yeah, so I have some bigger ones. It's definitely on the bigger side. Well, what, what about this one? What are we talking about in terms of size and girth? I can't believe we're having this conversation, but go ahead.
6: <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> so uh, the VG7 is 19, measures 19 and a half inches tall. That includes the handle. And that's a very robust and ergonomically balanced carrying uh, handle. And then the, the chassis is shaped in a sort of elegant square with chamfered corners. So it, it still has a very nice techie look to it. And that is about 9 inches in diameter. Now it's interesting that you you talk about size and girth. As men, you know I'm not new to this. I'm an ex army girl myself. I've been on the block before, and these <laughs> these kind of conversations come up. And you know, really, guys, look at this. And, and and men are major adopters, and they're sitting here looking at this, going, "This is the biggest, coolest, heaviest, <laughs> loudest speaker on the market. Of course, I want it." Wait, Charity,
1: Charity, I have to to stop you for a second because you're giving giving guys a new thing to think about because now (laughs) when we're at the pool, when we're at a party, we're going to wonder when the ladies in our lives are sitting by themselves, are they going to be having a conversation about how big our Bluetooth speakers are?
6: Yes, actually, that's one of one of typically one of
1: the top three things we discuss whenever you guys are around this <laughs> place. Like. Oh, you're
0: fantastic! Now, obviously, charity with with yeah. with size, you know, there's a reason for that size, and it's not just obviously, um, just you know, t- t- obviously that to, to have that you know design wise. Tell tell us about the technology in this speaker because this is what truly sets this Thanks. apart from everybody else.
6: Yes, I love talking geek too. So this is this is <laughs> how it breaks down. <laughs> So we have this 19-inch cabinet, and in the ergonomic carrying handle, we have proprietary, uh, proprietarily dealt with even the idea of Bluetooth range. In other words, not only are we big, not only are we substantial, not only are we loud, but we go longer than anyone else. That's the bottom line. This speaker can go up to 150 feet, and you can, you can, walk, you can walk a great distance away from your speaker, depending on the environment. Bluetooth normally has a range of thirty-three feet. Now think about your own personal Bluetooth devices for a moment. How far away did you get before you started getting interrupted signal? Perhaps you forgot the phone was in your pocket. Yeah. Or you forgot all the source was something else.
0: All, all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. But yep. but one of the things that really kind of differentiates what you guys are doing at Soundcast is that uh, you know when you're going that range, you know, yes, you're keeping your connectivity, but the distance also doesn't degrade the sound quality because you guys have proprietary long throw technology that makes that sound travel, and and as you said, we're talking about audiophiles here, people who care about the way things sound, and if this is, for example, out at my pool, I know that I can be whatever radius around my pool and still be hearing great sound.
6: Yeah, and that's what's super about the, the long range connectivity. So from the source to the unit, you have a great deal of range. Of course, depending on your environment, it'll get more or less. I've I've walked so far. I can't even. I can't even say it on the show because someone will call me and say, "You said you could get 400 feet or 600 feet, but depending on the environment, that that signal is very strong. We have very strong um, and very uh, robust equipment in there that deals with the issue of the connectivity. Because the point is, this is a Bluetooth speaker in the sense that if we're going to make a Bluetooth speaker and our SoundCast, it's going to be the best. <laughs> so inside the inside that chassis, inside of the unit, there are some very special things as well. We have uh, an omnidirectional array. Omnidirectional array of speakers just means that you have a speaker that's facing and well-balanced in every single direction, right, left, front, back. So that means there is no bad room in the house. So when this speaker is playing, those speakers are emitting sound in every direction while while we have our seven-inch down-firing subwoofer hitting the base floor. Mm -hmm. So that means we bring the base, and there's no bad seat in the house. And this is really important. Think about the scenarios you use this in, in the pool or tailgating or out on the deck or maybe at a party or a barbecue or things like that. Since when do people just sit in one place to have an audio experience? No, you want that soundtrack of your party and the soundtrack of your life to be gorgeous no matter where you're sitting in the room. So that was very important to us. And we support that gorgeous music by using technologies AppDex and AAC, which are codecs that are supporting those high-res audio files that stream either from iPhone or from your music source so that you get that loftless and gorgeous audio.
1: Let me ask you something, because we, we all know how the how the audiophile community can work, and we know how pe- proprietary people can be about their sound and quality of sound. When you were talking to, and I'm sure, I know you guys do your research when you're dealing with audiophiles, people that truly appreciate sound, did you have to get past the snobbery aspect <laughs> of people accepting a Bluetooth, and you talked about it, about a Bluetooth speaker and audiophile quality sound, which don't normally go together, did you have to get past that with some people when you're presenting the speaker, because there's a, there's a stigma already built. In, in their minds, oh, Bluetooth audio can't be great. So, did you have to work through that with some people?
6: Well, you know what's really interesting is bringing up this aspect of Bluetooth uh, audio can't be great. That You're right, that it's not only really heard um, from a handful of people because the Bluetooth uh, itself actually supports resolution music that is pleasing palatable and almost imperceivably different to many people, to most people, let's say. I'm not going to say that about our, our CEO and president, Oscar Chernay, who was the CEO of Sheffield Records, among other things, and is what we term a golden ear. So his perspective in the development of this product has been very useful as well, um, because he goes into it and we listen to it. And we can say one thing. This thing sounds acoustically beautiful. Like I said, we're musicians. We play instruments. And all of us enjoy the instrument, which we call VG7. It sounds gorgeous. In fact, we had a a well-renowned magazine give give us a a very great review where they did a lot of their own testing as well on this. And um, they came back to us and just said, this is the most gorgeous piece we've ever listened to in the portable category, which is really saying a lot because it's acknowledging a lot of hard work on our end. But here's the bottom line, guys. If you want absolutely high-res, Lost the body you want to stream for the source you want to throw those studio files on there our speaker plays it we actually have a lot of ways to play music to the vg7 from bluetooth all the way into a 3.5 millimeter in on the side or your usb in on the side so that is a problem solver guide to are purists and really want to hear you know a studio file which I'm not sure how many of us could run around with more than four of those on our phone without the, the phone crashing. But, um, <laughs> if they want to play that studio file, go for it. There, there are definitely inputs that allow you to do so
0: as well. Let alone the fact that you got a rechargeable internal battery with 15 hours of playback. So you're really not going to be worrying about this, whether you're taking it outside of the pool or you're taking a tailgating, as you said. And, of course, as you said, the high def double AC and aptX codex means that that high resolution sound is there and it's compatible. I, I can't, honestly cannot wait to get my hands on the speaker because I'm very obviously, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder or at this point, the ear of the beholder where I guess people can pre order now at uh, GoSoundcast.com. Are you shipping now?
6: Uh, Yeah, so VG7 has been shipping um, on the market right now, and if they're looking for a retailer in their area, we invite them to uh, go to gosoundcast.com, find a retailer, and type in their zip code for a local AV, and then also highlight that the VG7 itself is on demo at all Magnolia design centers. That's 81 design centers in the
0: U.S. as well. That is so cool, Charity Hardwick, VP of Sales and Marketing for Soundcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. I can't. I, I'm going to talk to oh, Danny. I'm, going to, I'm definitely going to try and get my hands on the speaker, and uh, I definitely want to talk to you down the road because I'm, I'm sure you guys have a lot more in store for us. Absolutely.
6: Well, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank
1: you for your time. Oh, of course, Charity. One last thing before you go, I think you've introduced a new thing to the male community, you know, audio community, and that is Speaker Envy, and, and thank you for introducing that as well. <laughs> To help. <laughs> There's more Your Tech Report after this.
0: Back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. I am Marco Flalo in beautiful Montreal. Mitchell Witchell joining us obviously from beautiful Los Angeles. I think this is the only time of the year, Mitchell, that we can both say that our locales are beautiful. It's not like winter where I complain the entire season long.
1: Well, I, I think you really nailed it there. It's really not a matter of us comparing which is beautiful. It's a matter of you complaining and being angry and resentful that I'm in Los Angeles you and paint, 80 degrees in Woodland Hills during the winter and you're stuck you in five feet of snow. this no.
0: picture of me that is so angry. Uh, welcome back to Your Tech Report. Follow <laughs> us along on Twitter. It's at your yourtechreport, facebook.com slash Report. Of course, youtube.com slash Report. Mitchell, you know, the, there's um, there's a company we're about to talk to, and the company is called Bono Verde. And, uh, you know, what? let's let's bring on our guest. Um, head of U.S. operations, Liz Wald. Welcome to your tech report. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Liz, we love kind of leading into interviews with a little bit of mystery. And um, if there was ever a product that I'd I'd try to figure out how I'm going to call my wireless carrier and say, I need to connect my coffee machine to my family plan. Can you do that? Um, I guess it's going to be the Berlin, isn't it?
5: Well, better than that, you don't have to do anything. You plug it in. And you're connected to three G, and we pay the bill.
0: Okay, so so we, we got to explain some things to our listeners here because they're going. You just said coffee machine, three G. What's going on? <laughs> First of all, tell us a bit about Barnaverti as a company, and then let's talk about the Berlin.
5: Perfect. So Barnaverti was started about four years ago, or five years ago, um, by a guy named Hans Stier in Berlin. And at the time, uh, he was he was he was working as an attorney, and up late at night, drinking a lot of coffee, and looking at um, various tax issues. And somehow it occurred to him that the tax issues that he was looking at were the same as the tax issues around coffee. I'm not really sure how those two things intersected, but maybe being a lawyer for too many hours, that was it. And he said, you know, if we could bring green coffee beans in that are not taxed and we could really get some nice value back to the farmers, How cool would that be if people could really roast a green coffee bean? So it got kind of born out of an idea of a more efficient value chain, and it has morphed into something that is not only a more efficient value chain, but a really cool product where you can have a super fresh cup of coffee and benefit the guy that did all the hard work in the coffee producing country, namely the farmer.
0: Okay, so our listeners are going, wait a second, this show's called Your Tech Report. Why are you guys talking about coffee? There's gotta be some kind of angle here.
5: Sure is, and the big thing that's super cool is that our coffee machine is an IOT connected device. And the reason that's cool is we can send you all kinds of information about the growers, but we can also track exactly what you do with your coffee machine. Do you like to make coffee in the morning? Do you like to make coffee in the evening? Are you running out of beans? Does your machine need a checkup? We have all that data coming back and forth to us so we can send out really a customized experience to what you really want in your coffee machine.
1: Now, now, Liz, I want to make sure I got this right, because I read this, and Mark and I, our mouths were sort of hanging open together. And it, let's, let's say you, you, like you said, you, you get direct communication, direct contact with the people that grow these beans. You get the green beans. Your machine not only can roast, grind, and then brew that coffee fresh from those green beans, but each package actually has an NFC chip built in that tells the machine the specifics of how to roast that particular bean. Is that true. That is true. And the thing that's
5: interesting is that every coffee bean is a little bit different. Kind of, you know, like wines are all different, even though they might come from the same grape. So what what we can do is work with the farmer who created this coffee and grew this coffee and say, what's the right profile for this? If you were going to roast this bean perfectly, how would you do it? We create those profiles and we put it on a small um, RFID chip that goes right on the pouch that your little coffee beans come in. And so you tear open your pouch, you pour in your beans, you scan, there's a little scanner on the front of the machine, it reads that chip and it says, oh, these beans, roast them for this long with this temperature, bringing in this much airflow, etc. to get exactly the perfect roast. And if you decide as, a, as an individual, you know what, I love this roast, but I wish it was just a little darker, you can also say, you know what, okay, we'll make it a little darker and we can give you that little bit of flexibility to actually customize it the way you want it, on top of the fact that each individual pouch carries its own profile.
1: Okay, this is you should see the look on Mark's face right now because while we're you know he records in Montreal, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm watching him over Skype. He's in disbelief right now, and really, we had a little conversation before we went on the air with this interview, which was: "Could you guys are really setting a new standard for food and beverage?" Because basically, could you imagine a kitchen? and You guys have done this with 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 the Berlin. Imagine being able to to brew, cook your own food, knowing you know where, where every food that you get or every beverage you get knows the perfect way that it is supposed to be prepared and does everything for you, because that's really what you guys have done here. You've made this autonomous system that works beautifully. I'm going to start wishing that everything in my kitchen worked this well.
5: Well, and and the other thing that's great is it's, it's really quick. So you get up in the morning, you start your machine, you come out of the shower, you have freshly roasted coffee. This isn't something that takes hours and hours and hours. And for the people who are super knowledgeable about coffee, they might say, well, I like, you know, I want to roast my beans and then have them rest for 12 hours before I grind and brew them and and degas, similar to the way you decant a wine. And the cool thing is that we've got a digital product, so with your phone, you'll be able to say, okay, I'm starting this process, but only roast it. And then, you know, maybe I do that at night, and then in the morning, I can say, continue, and then grind and brew. So you really have quite a bit of control. Um, But if you want to just do it all in one process, you know, in about 15 minutes, you have a freshly roasted pot of coffee.
0: You know, Liz, the idea of of even roasting your own coffee beans at home, I honestly didn't realize that's actually even a thing that was something we could do, um, let alone in in a process that can be in under 20 minutes.
5: Well, the thing is, you could go out and get some beans and stick them in your oven and roast them but you probably aren't going to be too happy with the results. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know? <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Like I can imagine I can imagine the cup of coffee right now. I'm salivating because I'm thinking about it. The, cu- the cup of coffee freshly roasted and, and ground right there and it's waiting for me when I get up in the morning. Is there a better is, life? The
5: smell is great. And, and <sighs> the other thing that's interesting is, you know, if you've roasted coffee before, there's certain oils in the beans and certain smells that come out. In, in the roasting process. And so we've created um, a really high-tech, it's called a HEPA filter. These filters are used like in Teslas and on NASA. And this filter is um, in the side of the machine, and it captures the oils and it captures the scents that would be more on the negative side, leaving just this really nice roasting smell. And then, of course, when you grind the coffee and make the coffee, you have that very traditional, rich Coffee smell. Mm. So, we've thought a lot about the technology in this so that it's a really great sensory experience um, throughout the entire process.
1: And, and you, know, you know, it's not just the technology that goes into it, but it's the, the aesthetic, the design itself. And I would encourage people also, you know, to go to Bonaverde.com and check this out because you can see exactly what the Berlin looks like. Aesthetically, it's a beautiful looking machine. Everything is so well integrated, it's clean. I'm guessing a lot went into the design of the unit in addition to the technology.
5: Yes, the, you know, it's morphed quite a bit um, over time in terms of what we thought it might look like initially, and I right. think that's because putting the roasting into a machine is something that hadn't really ever been done before at a, at a consumer level, and so to figure out how you can do that and, and what's the best way, in this case, you know, we've got the roaster at the top and then the grinder in the middle and the brewer at the bottom you know, in the beginning, we might have thought, oh, we should put it on the side or the back. And so quite a bit of engineering came, um, went back and forth on this. And in able to capture some of those um, smells and oils and whatnot into the filter, we had to do a lot of different designs. And we were able to do a lot of our beta testing because our our early backers all came through crowdfunding. So we were able to make alpha and beta products, send it to them, get feedback, change design, and all of that. Now we've ended up with this beautiful, sleek design that um, it's all very contained and I think looks great, you know, either the white one or the silver one, depending on, on your kitchen or your little office or wherever you're putting it.
1: Yeah, it's really cool because, I mean, you talk about, you know, different, obviously there are different iterations and where, where does the roaster go versus the grinder, but really, you really want, you, you, you guys are obeying the laws of physics and gravity. Start roasting a top, drop it down to the grind, then drop it down to the pot. It really works. Yeah,
5: gravity is an amazing thing. <laughs> Liz, talk generally free.
1: Yeah, so.
0: exactly. <laughs> we don't pay extra for the gravity. Liz, talk about availability now. Is it uh, actually shipping now or are people still pre-ordering?
5: So people are pre-ordering now. We've got our first two containers literally on the water right now. Um, I I log in and look at the little map every day. Um, And so we're taking pre-orders for delivery in fall. And uh, we have both the silver and the white. And you can, as you mentioned, Boniverde.com, you can just log in and place an order, and we'll get it out to you uh, in in a couple of months.
0: Awesome. Liz Wald, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to smell the coffee roasting and then grinding. Oh my <laughs> god, this is an exciting product and a very, very cool company. I hope you'll join us again in a couple of months and and we'll talk about the
1: process afterwards.
5: That would be my pleasure. Thanks so much, guys.
3: There's more Your Tech Report
1: after this. I'm Matt Kundel, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.